Welcome to PNCC Speak, the language of executives. I'm John Bernstein, Regional President of PNC Bank in New England, alongside my co-host, Carolyn Jones, Market President and Publisher of the Boston Business Journal. Thanks, John. It's great to be with you on PNCC Speak. Each podcast features local executives talking about relevant and timely business topics. This knowledge sharing platform showcases leaders with forward thinking approaches that disrupt the status quo and cause us to think differently. Our guest today is Dr. Tom Layton, Chief Executive Officer and co-founder of Akamai Technologies. Akamai's technology is a core part of how we navigate the internet on a daily basis. And the company has grown to provide a host of optimal technology solutions for businesses worldwide. Welcome Tom and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, it's a pleasure to be here. Great to see you. Tom, we look forward to learning more about you. First, let's start with a brief overview of Akamai and its incredible history. It'd be great to share that with our listeners. Well, sure, Akamai, our mission is to power and protect life online. And uh, we do that by delivering and securing most of the major websites uh, that people go to every day. In fact, our purpose is to make life better for billions of people billions of times a day. Literally, billions of people go to the web every day and we interact with them to make their experience be faster uh, and to make it be secure, which, as everybody knows, is an increasing problem. It's amazing how integral you are to so much of life today. Thank you for what you've done and how you've facilitated that. But I'd love to hear also about your own personal career path. I'd love if you could tell us a little bit more what led you to Akamai. That's well, sort of a long story. Uh, I'll try, try to make it short. Uh, you know, I was um, a professor of mathematics at MIT uh, for a long time. And, uh, you know, what specialized in the area of, of algorithms and particularly algorithms to uh, make things efficient for large scale networks. And uh, of course, the internet is about the largest uh, network out there. And so, uh, you know, the group that I managed, we were working on, you know, how do you route data efficiently in such a large and complicated network? Uh, and that led to problems of, well, how do you get information to people? And in particular, you go way back into the mid 90s and uh, this started to be a problem. Uh, in fact, Tim Berners-Lee, you know, his office was down the hall from mine uh, at MIT. And, you know, one day he came by and said, you know, I think we're going to have a problem with the Internet. You know, that if a lot of people go to a website that's popular, it's going to, you know, create a flash crowd. And that's going to be really hard to for people to get the content. And of course, you know, Tim is the inventor of the web as we know it. Very prescient fellow. And he was right. Akamai was created to solve that problem initially, is a different way of distributing content on the internet using mathematics and algorithms, all the stuff we, we developed in the early days at uh, MIT. And, uh, you know, from there, we, we created a company and then moved from just delivering the content to make it be faster and then tackled security to try to make your banking transactions not just be fast, but be safe and secure and to keep somebody else from stealing your credentials, taking over your bank account, and then stealing from you, which is a, still a security, a huge, huge challenge today. But that's a, a brief background of, of Akamai. It really is incredible when you talk about both yourself, Tim Berners-Lee, and the other founders of Akamai, just, uh, just what a role you play in what we do all day, every day. It's so Tom, share with us a little bit, how does Akamai work? What actually is happening behind the curtain? Yeah, you know, really good question. 
basically, when anybody out there goes to most websites, what's happening is their device, their phone or their browser really is coming to an Akamai server that's very close to them. We've got hundreds of thousands of servers in thousands and thousands of places around the world. So that wherever anybody goes, if they click on something, pretty good chance what will happen is their browser or device will connect with an Akamai server. And then we go get what they want. And we get it really fast. And we get it at scale so that we can deliver it to them really quickly. So you get your bank balance really quickly. You get your commerce transaction done really fast. And the big banks and commerce companies and media companies pay us to do that because you're then a happier customer. You're getting that from our servers and uh, we're trying to make it be a really great experience for you. And we're also securing it. You know, So when you log into your account, maybe somebody stole your credentials and they know your login ID and password. And we're checking that it's really you and not some bot or other entity that has your stolen credentials that's logging in so that we protect your bank account, your commerce account, even your media and gaming accounts. They're big targets today. Uh, so we, we keep it all secure. And that's happening all under the covers. You don't see it. A lot of people talk about Akamai being the biggest you know, company you never heard of, but you use every day and you, everybody uses it hundreds of times a day and just doesn't know. We just make the uh, web experience be a lot better and safer. How do you feel about being sort of the, the company that nobody knows about, but that does so much? Uh, well, you know, marketing's working on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So I'd love to share and learn a little bit more about you personally and you as a leader, because starting out, as you said, as a math professor and now leading a company that's worldwide. So can you share with us a little bit some of the experiences that have shaped who you are and your vision, and then perhaps maybe some real meaningful moments along the way? Well, sure. You know, I, I'd go back to, you know, my parents and family, you know, incredibly supportive, uh, worked really hard, you know, in their jobs, you know, in part to let me be able to afford to go to a, a good school. Very supportive in the sense of helping us, my brother and I, learn everything we could. It's a very positive start. And I think that makes a huge difference, you know, in life. Had really inspiring professors and teachers along the way. You know, people that would reach out and go the extra mile to help with whatever it may be and to learn. Uh, so that's, I think, really important. And I think you get to like graduate school. There are some pretty, you know, important professors there that are were inspiring. You know, you sort of want to be like them. I remember one in particular who really helped teach me that you can't just trust everything you're told uh, in mathematics or in general, I suppose. In fact, we had an entire class where what we would do is uh, take famous papers written by famous mathematicians and scientists, and we'd find the bugs. Things wow. that, were, that was eye-opening because you just you just believe if, if a famous person <laughs> true, it must be true. Probably that kind of lesson is even more important today with what we see going on sometimes. But that was, I think, important. And of course, being in mathematics, you learn rigor and it helps you understand and to think through what's true, helps you question. And in business, that's, that could be important, you know, that you don't have to make too many bad decisions before you're really in trouble and you put a company at risk. And so, uh, you know, having the sort of the rigorous background, I, I think, was helpful. I also learned a ton from our former CEOs. I got to call that out. You know, I, I had no experience in business before Akamai Zip. 
I couldn't have been more clueless probably. Uh, and over the years, you know, I just learned a ton from George Conradis and Paul Sagan, just outstanding executives. And of course, they really led Akamai through some tough times to help us grow into a big company. Any other sort of meaningful moments along the way that really stand out as benchmarks for where you are today? Well, Akamai's been through a lot. You know, we sometimes joke that we've, you know, had a hundred years of experience and, uh, <laughs> in our 20 some odd years as a company. And, and not all of it was, was good, obviously. You know, the, uh, creating the company was a, a pretty interesting experience. We were very fortunate that we did it during the uh, dot-com era. Uh, you know, so it was relatively easy for naive professors and students to get funded, and that was great. Of course, then we had the downside of that, uh, where you know the we had the dot com meltdown, and uh, it was nearly uh, a company ending experience for Akamai. We went from unbelievable highs, one of the biggest IPOs ever. It was nuts. You know, we were worth thirty five billion. I think we had a couple hundred million in revenue, and we were losing a fortune. All the students that joined us, we were liberal with the stock that we gave them. Uh, they all became zillionaires, <laughs> on paper anyway. And suddenly we had this problem. How do you help a 19-year-old you know, who's now a zillionaire deal with that? How do you make sure they finish their degree at MIT? And one of the things we were proud of is we, we did set up a plan. They could work for us for a year, but then they had to go back and finish their degree. We'd let them keep vesting. They could work a day a week, but it was really important that they finish their degree. And that was good because then the dot-com bust happened. And now we had the reverse problem is that they're all broke because the stock <laughs> about 700 and it was just a, within a year, you go from 35 billion to 50 million. It's insane, you know, and we were, were left for dead. And that was a tough experience. So we had to learn now the flip side of how do you survive that? Uh, and that's where you learn a lesson that it's it, the people and the character of the people and the culture just make all the difference in the world. And we were very fortunate that we had a great culture and great people. And to see where you are today, incredible to see the growth and the building and the culture you built to sustain the business. Tom, your background is as a scientist and a professor, and you now lead a company of over 9,000 worldwide. What key leadership skills did you focus on developing as the company grew? Well, I think it's really the team. And that's a big part of Akamai culture. It, it is a team. It has been from day one. I'm fortunate that I have a great team that works for me. Uh, just outstanding. They know a ton, a lot of experience. They're great people and they work well with their teams. And I think that's just so important. Culture is so important to us. You know, we're a tech company and the tech matters, obviously, but it's really about the people. Innovation, obviously critical for a tech company. And, and that's something, you know, oddly enough, that as you get bigger and, and you know, we're reasonably I'd say medium size today. We're not as big as a Google, obviously, but we're not a small company anymore. We got a lot of people with a lot of great ideas and that's fabulous. But as you're bigger, it gets harder. The bureaucracy, you have to fight it. And there's more people that can say no. And you got to go out of your way to really have more oxygen out there to fan the, the sparks of innovative ideas so they can turn into flames. And we do all sorts of programs at Akamai that we work hard at doing so that, uh, you know, that some person say, not even in the U.S., but any of our offices anywhere in the world, an individual contributor can have an idea and that idea can 
be encouraged and turned into a major product for us. And that has happened. But you got to work at that. Uh, so that's that's really important, I think. More oxygen. I, I like that. I think that's a, a <laughs> we can all use that sometimes as we think about about leadership for sure. So as talent, you talk about the team and the importance of that. So as talent recruitment and retention is the subject of the day and to many, any insights that you can share then about that culture, about creating a great employee experience? What are some of the things that you do to make that happen? Yeah, especially now, as you know, you know, you have the great resignation out there. When our attrition rates are higher this year than they've been in the past, you know, I guess there's not no real good news in that, but at least we're, we seem to be doing better than a lot of our peers out there. And I think that is because of the culture and that we really care about each other. The growth mindset has been very important for us, and that's been great training for everybody. Uh, in the company, the executives for sure, in addition to the employees and thinking about the art of the possible, not just saying no out of hand, but thinking, well, how could you you do it? I, I get that we haven't been able to do it so far, but uh, what could we do there? Uh, really important. Inclusiveness is so important for us. Again, with the team, getting everybody's input. Sometimes you could argue that, hey, consensus is uh, you know too hard to do slows you down, and there's there are certain cultures where maybe you don't do that. You, know, you think of a military kind of culture, and that's a very top down, command driven, and and accepted culture. And maybe that's good in that environment. Our culture is is not that way. People like to be engaged, and I find that at the end of the day, you get where you want to go faster if you got everybody you know has contributed their best ideas. You make a better decision. And, and then people are engaged in moving forward to go get the goal, to take the hill. Uh, that's important. I think the flexibility where you work, that's a big topic these days. And, you know, we, we've been pretty clear, you know, from the start at Akamai is that we're going to enable at least 95, maybe 97% of our employees to work where they want so they can come in or not. We're going to try to make it a nice environment as we can try to make it as safe as we can, although that's not perfect still. You know, so employees want to come in great. If they don't, we're going to make that work too. And I think that's really important. And that's been very popular with our employee base. And it's amazing to see what's happened. We have just, for example, in India, we have an office there that 2,000 people in Bangalore, the majority now no longer live in Bangalore. They've moved to their home towns and living with family. San Francisco is a ghost town. You know, that was so popular, you know, and they've left the city. They, they live in other states or part a different part of California. I'd say, you know, in the Boston area, there's less of that, but certainly some uh, where people have moved, you know, farther away. And so now we're looking at, okay, how do you run certain events or bring people together on occasion? Because the human contact is so important and that is an important part of culture. So it's we're, we're finding our way, but, you know, we're going to err on the side of letting the employees decide for themselves and enabling them to be productive wherever they decide to be. We'll have to connect with you in a few months or in a year and see how that's working with those connections, you know, because that's pretty amazing. Taking advantage of where the world is moving and some of Akamai technology along the way, I would imagine, as part of that. <laughs> yeah. Tom, if you're speaking to your employees or future employees, what's your best advice Ah, oh, geez. Well, I, <laughs> don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone. It took me about 50 years and I'm still working on that one, <laughs> you know? but it is important because that's how you, 
you do something different and you, you know, you have a chance to make a, a different kind of contribution. I remember there was advice given to me a long, long time ago, which I thought was pretty good, which is you go through life, keep your eyes and ears open and your brain turned on. Because uh, you never know when an incredible challenge or opportunity will present itself. If you're not paying attention, you're not going to help solve the challenge or seize the opportunity. So I thought that was pretty good advice. Learn all you can. Uh, I think that's really, really important to do. And I'm still learning how to be a, a CEO. And it's great. And you know, I learn from my team. Uh, and I learn things about their areas of expertise. I, I think you know, constantly learning and growing is really important. But I think a lot of folks already know this. And Tom, what advice would you give your CEO peers? Oh boy, I, I, <laughs> I don't know any advice I could give them they don't already know. Probably I could, I could learn from them. Uh, you know, maybe just as a data point with, with Akamai, I, I know they're wrestling with remote work they're wrestling with attrition uh, and recruiting. And, you know, at, at Akamai, I think the program is called Flex, allows people to work where they want, has been, um, I think, very good for us so far. We're more productive. Employees are happier than they were before. Oddly enough, they're, they're more engaged now than ever before, even though we're not in the office with each other every day. The growth mindset training, I, I think it's been great for us. Uh, you know, we've done a lot of the modules there. I, I recommend that. Um, you know, and I think, you know, Boston's a great place to headquarter a company. They probably already know that. Um, sometimes I go out to the West Coast and, you know, the, the tech folks out there look at me like a, like I'm a bit of a Martian, you know, and they, they'll even ask me sometimes in forums, like, why did you decide to stay in the Boston area? Like, it's some weird thing. No, it's a great place to, to grow a company. The talent here is incredible. It's a great environment. Um, so... I don't know. Maybe maybe those things would be helpful. Yeah. Two pieces of advice. Absolutely. I like the locate in Boston piece as well. <laughs> That's right. We all do. So Tom, you know, the platform of, of Akamai, you know, informs, as we said, what we all do is we navigate the web, you know, hundreds of times a day. Uh, and at one point, you know, that was kind of unimaginable. Who even thought? And so if you look to the future, you know, what seems maybe unimaginable now, but might one day be as familiar as the internet? What comes to mind? Well, if we're speaking sort of an internet related things, you know, maybe it's some flavor of the metaverse, which, you know, it's a buzzword now, but not impossible that you get the right interface, human interfaces there and takes a sort of a, a big leap forward uh, in your engagement with, with people in the world around you uh, through the internet. If we're speaking more broadly, I think, you know, my guess is genetic engineering to cure disease and aging. There's just tremendous advances there. It's a very computational problem. And uh, my guess is that at some point that gets figured out. Uh, I don't know how long it'll take to do, but uh, it's amazing uh, that the capabilities uh, that we already already have. Uh, so that I think could be a, a pretty cool thing. That's pretty cool. That's interesting to hear you say, and of course, because you're much more well-versed in this than <laughs> I don't even come close, but genetic engineering as a computational problem, that's, a, that's fascinating. Wow. Well, you know, our cells are little computers, right? At some level. And, you know, as cells replicate, you know, there's certain changes that happen. Errors get introduced, you know, and that <laughs> result in bad outcomes. I think that gets figured out as you can manipulate that, probably do some very interesting things. Uh, yeah. 
probably is a computational process uh, that's that's happening at the cellular level, which it does suggest it could be possible. Now you said, okay, something we can't imagine, but I, I think, you know, that that's a possibility someday. Tom, as a leader in the Boston community, what are some of the issues you see as critical to our future? Well, I think today or these days, we're all, we're all feeling the uh, commuting challenge. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know about, about you all, but uh, boy, the commutes are long because I, I think more people are coming in. Uh, probably some still aren't using public transportation, uh, but that's a challenge uh, when you have big commute times. I think public transportation probably is improvable. Uh, and I get that people are worried about it, you know, with COVID still. Cost of living is pretty high, you know, in this area. And of course, you have to keep an eye on, on taxes and so forth. So those would be some, I think, challenges to work through. But, you know, I think it's worth it. It's a fabulous place. The talent here is just unrivaled. Of course, some of that talent migrates elsewhere. But, you know, with the universities, just an incredible resource in the area. And it's a, a very nice place to be. And what other items are you optimistic about for our region? Oh, just a, I think it's a great environment with a lot of potential. I mean, and you know, you think about the future is often in the people that are graduating from college and uh, graduate programs, and there's nowhere that rivals the Boston area for that. So the talent that's happening here uh, and the education is just amazing. And that's where a lot of the future thought uh, comes from and leadership comes from. We like to close with some rapid fire questions. And so are you ready? <laughs> Nah, we'll see. <laughs> All right. These are the to... fun ones. <laughs> what are you currently reading, watching, or listening to? All right. Well, I'll confess I'm I'm watching House of the Dragon <laughs> <laughs> along with everybody else. Uh, and we do a lot of the delivery for that. So you don't have a flash crowd, you know, associated with that. Uh, I also liked uh, For All Mankind, you know, sort of the NASA story with a, a twist on history, uh, you know, and going to Mars is sort of fun. What's a cause you care about? Uh, that's easy. Well, the, there's several, but I would say math education in K through 12, especially for girls and underrepresented groups. I think it's probably one of the most neglected things out there and probably one of the most important. It also, it you know, in general, but also especially, you know, for girls, I got a, a chance to see what happens, at least anecdotally, you know, firsthand. I, I have a son and a daughter, both were, are talented at mathematics and interested in mathematics and just the social pressures on the, the girls. You get to about seventh or eighth grade, brutal. Um, you know, my daughter was the only girl on the uh, math team. And she was the best member of the team. But ultimately the pressures got so large that, you know, she stopped doing it when she got wow. to high school. You can imagine how I felt about that. <laughs> um, but I, I think, you know, investing more in, because math is so important, but math education, STEM at large in K through 12. What's a favorite spot in our city? Oh, I'm pretty partial to MIT and our, our headquarters, which is next door. You know, that's a great campus, a lot going on at MIT and, and our headquarters is just a beautiful place. I like our local restaurant, Sol Azteca Newton Center, probably favorite restaurant, nice courtyard there, go there a fair amount. And what makes you laugh? You know, I think you can find humor in a lot of things. Uh, maybe on the, if we think about novels or reading, you know, Christopher Buckley or Carl Hyas, and I, you know, find humorous. They're, they're out there, but I think pretty amusing. And finally, what's a wish you have for Boston? 
Uh, yeah, good question. I, well, I think Boston's great to tackle some of the challenges, uh, you know, as we talked about with commuting somehow, that probably is hard. Um, you know, I think Boston you know, is a great place to be. If you like sports, you know, great sports teams, great culture. It's it's not too large. You can get around and really enjoy the, the city. Um, great talent. So I just, you know, keep on being a great place to be. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. It was very nice to be able to speak to you today. Tom, thank you as well. We just really appreciate it. It was great to learn so much about you and your insights in Akamai as a company. So we really appreciate it. Thanks. I'm Carolyn Jones, and this is PNC C-Speak, the language of executives. Our guest today was Dr. Tom Layton, CEO and co-founder of Akamai Technologies. You can find C-Speak at bizjournals.com backslash Boston or in any of your favorite podcast platforms. Until next time. You've been listening to PNC C-Speak, the language of executives. This podcast and other engaging episodes can be found at bizjournals.com slash Boston. Search PNC. Subscribe at the Boston Business Journal, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Come back soon and join us for another PNC C-Speak.